Hello, everyone. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F. as in Fellowship, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Tuesday, July 26, 2022, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in Chapter 2, There is a Solution, on the top of page 18. We will be reading and commenting on the first paragraph only on page 18, which begins with an illness of this sort and ends with anyone can increase the list. Today's readers are Gloria B., Morgan K., Betsy H., Dana M., and Kathy S. The share ID numbers for yesterday, Monday, July 25th, 2022 are 19,218 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. That's 19218 and 19,219 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. That's 19219. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Gloria B. to read the OA 12 steps. Good morning. This is Gloria B. in Missouri, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. One, we admitted we were powerless over food and our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we 
tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And it was my honor to do service for the month of July. Have a blessed day. Thank you, Gloria B. from Missouri. Morgan K. Oh, I will now ask Morgan K. to read the OA 12 Traditions. Good morning. This is Morgan K. from Manitoba, Canada, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 Traditions. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry the message to compulsive overeaters who still suffer. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me be a service. Thank you, Morgan Kay from Manitoba, Canada. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. They are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we will be reading and commenting on the first paragraph only on page 18, an illness of this sort through anyone can increase the list. 
I will now ask Betsy H. to go ahead and read that for us. Good morning. This is Betsy H., a recovered compulsive reader from California. An illness of this sort, and we have come to believe it an illness, affects those about us in a way no other human sickness can. If a person has cancer, all are sorry for him, and no one is angry or hurt. But not so with the alcoholic illness, for with it there goes annihilation of all the things worthwhile in life. It engulfs all whose lives touch the sufferers. It brings misunderstanding, fierce resentment, financial insecurity, disgusted friends and employers, warped lives of blameless children, sad wives and parents. Anyone can increase the list. Yeah, this is very interesting because it's reminding me that if I have this food addiction, if I'm, for me, part of this is not just that I'm powerless over food and my weight, it's that I have some thinking problems and behavior problems. That's my experience at any rate. As a compulsive reader, I I isolated a lot with food. I didn't develop my social skills very well as a kid, I think because I was busy overeating on food and trying to diet. So I was kind of, you know, busy with that food addiction. So I thought I didn't affect other people all that much because I was isolating a lot. But that was a negative effect because I, a lot of times I didn't show up for people. I didn't really participate as much in life. I wasn't there to be supportive of people. I wasn't shining my light you could say, I was really, if I'm in the food addiction, I'm really serving that addiction, that food. And um, it's not a very powerful higher power, the food. (laughs) I need a more powerful power in my life so that I don't have to overeat and so that I can make a positive contribution to the family, to my community, to my work. When I'm in the food addiction or, or even if I'm, let's say I'm dieting but I'm not really working the steps or I'm not working it as much as I need to I'm often for me in a lot of self-hatred and so I'm really not all that good at being loving towards others because I'm not even loving myself it was it's common for me to get angry at others to get jealous to judge them and the good thing is that working the 12 steps is actually a treatment for the food addiction and for my living problems, my behavior problems. And it's a a very loving and healing treatment, which works. So it is, you know, it's a tough disease. My thinking is very screwed up if I'm in the disease thinking. I'm thinking about getting things for myself rather than showing up and serving my hair power and serving my fellow people. And today, being in recovery through the 12 steps, today I can show up and be of service. I don't do it perfect, but it's a lot better than before, and I keep getting better the more I abstain and the more I keep working the steps. And with that, I will pass. Thank you, Betsy H. 
from California. Now, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So, if you haven't shared on A Vision for You this past Friday or Monday and would like to share on the first paragraph only on page 18 in the AA Big Book, an illness of this sort through anyone can increase the list, please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Suze S. from New Jersey. R. Lynn E. from New Jersey. Okay, so I, uh, let's see, let me tell you who I heard. I think it was Liz, Chris, Barb, and Loretta, and maybe some others I missed. Christina J. I heard Christina and Anita, and I know there were others. Who, who else was from New Jersey. Luz S. From New Jersey. Say your name again. From New Jersey. Hmm. Okay, Liz, I think, or or maybe that's the person from New Jersey who I can't catch her name. Chris, Barb, Loretta, Christina, Anita, and I think some other people chimed in. Okay, not hearing anyone. I'm going to go with this list. Is the first person Liz? Rivka in Baltimore. I don't know if you heard me. Did you say Rivka? Yeah. Okay, I added you. Um, but the first person, do you know who you are? That might sound like Liz S. And it might have been that person from New Jersey repeating her name. Hmm. Hi, it's Suze S. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I didn't okay. think you got, I got through. <laughs> Suze S. Are you from New Jersey? Suze? I can't hear you. Well, Suze, you are up if you can figure out how to unmute and be Hi, I'm here. I keep trying to say hello. (laughs) Okay, I don't know what's going going haywire there, but let's give you a try. Are you Suze S. from New Jersey? I still am, yes. (laughs) Okay, okay. You're not on a speakerphone, right? No, I'm not. Okay, great. Go right ahead. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Suze S. from New Jersey. This is a very, very important, important uh, lesson this morning. I thank you. I thank the reader very much and with her share because I'm, my partner broke up with me. I'm, I'm solidly in this program. I was overeating like crazy. I've been doing it since I was 16. Um, I've been abstinent now for seven or eight weeks and um, working my steps. I'm up to step three. And I've got a great sponsor. Uh, I have a food plan with a, from a dietitian who works with OA people. And it's all good, but I'm still, my partner broke up with me a week ago Sunday. And after two and a half years, and I'm blaming him, and I'm blaming him. Oh, he was pulling away. Oh, this. Oh, that. You know, it's his this, it's his that. And then I heard the speaker sharing today. And that was an eye-opener. 
Yeah, it's all about me. It's all about me. I'm not being loving toward the people in in my chosen family, and it's still that that inventory, that blaming. Um, it's, it's the behavior, and it all it all hit me once I stopped eating because I didn't have anything to anesthetize my feelings anymore. <laughs> no more sugar. And um, I just was saying how I was feeling in a way that really wasn't very loving, I guess. And it shocked him so much that he left. And um, he may never come back. But I'm actually feeling more myself, which sounds funny. But maybe I needed that break. Um, I don't know. I don't want to blame anything on him anymore. (laughs) I just want to lead my life and lead it with higher power and, you know, making the decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of my higher power as I understood my higher power, as I understand my higher power. So I thank you so much for this program. It's been amazing. I'm so much more patient now and calmer. Um, and after today, I won't feel so entitled. <laughs> Thank you so much. Appreciate the opportunity to be humble. And I pass. Thanks, Suze S. from New Jersey. Everybody else, I missed last initials. Chris, you're next. Was there someone named Chris? We don't hear you. Okay. Maybe I got that wrong. I know Barb E was a name I definitely heard. Barb E, you there? Good morning. I am. Good morning, and thank you so much for your service and everyone on this whole line who's helped saving my life today, participating in my recovery. Well, I'm so glad we finally got to there is a solution because I've been looking for the solution to what was going on with me for all of my life. I was born with brown eyes, brown hair, and the desire to overeat. I don't think it was the built-up of human emotions at age one, two, and three, unless it was my wet diaper, my my wanting my bottle, I wanting wanting a cuddle. I just was born with the desire to eat, so I had those cravings, and they caused me to uh, to forget. Because I'm a slow learner, but a quick forgetter. And I forget the pain and misery of going back to what was killing me. And the food was killing me. It was strangling me by the throat. And I heard something on a meeting. It's not original to me. A man said he was a ninja binger. So I went up and asked my son, what is a ninja like? And, he, and my son said, a ninja is someone who steals around in the darkness and attacks. 
And that's what I did with food. I'd sneak down in the darkness of night and go to my refrigerator and eat everything I could. And then I'd go to the freezer because I knew my best friends, Ben and Jerry's, were waiting for me and waiting to welcome me. So I had to distinguish between cravings, which, which are caused by indulging in that which I should be abstaining from, and the mental obsession, which was the excuse that my mind came up for forgetting and going back to that. The buildup of human emotions is one of the main excuses that the minds of us people who are sick with any kind of addiction use to return to that which we should be abstaining from. And I also heard on a meeting, and I always pick up a nugget of gold, I heard, what are some of the things that you don't like about yourself? What are the, some of the things you'd like to change? What, well, I wanted to change everything. I wanted to stop overeating. I wanted to stop gaining and losing weight over and over again. And I wanted to be kinder to my family of origin, not always picking an argument, not always saying my opinion is right and yours is wrong. I was that creator of chaos that we talk about further in the time, book. Time, Barbara. And it's perfect time for me to hear the rest of you. Thank you all again. I pass. Thank you, Barbie. Loretta. Good morning, Rebecca. And ditto, ditto on saving my life, along with my precious God, Loretta H. in Raleigh, a recovered. Oh, I love this paragraph because this is my dark side, which is my darkest past. But today, with God's grace and mercy, for today, only for today, I'm on the other side, seeing the sunlight of the spirit. And uh, I looked up the word annihilation. So it's destruction and obliteration. That's what I did in my disease, like it says, you know, the crying children. And then I looked up the word engulfs, and it surrounded or completely covers you. And that's what the disease did for me. It totally annihilated me, completely covered me, but it also covered the people I love and annihilated the people I love. Today, that's why I thank God for the traditions uh, because I won't commit homicide, hopefully. And of course, today with the steps, I will not commit suicide. So I am so lucky. And then I thought of engulfing and I thought of the harboring and it talks about that on page 66 when it says um, harboring such feelings shut off shut us off from the sunlight of the spirit and that is why I need to do this work because the sunlight of the spirit is my precious God and when I have connection with him I call him a him I don't understand him, but I definitely stand under him. I do get this, even in the hard times, this morning on my um, two-way prayer, we read about, you know, pain. And 
but I can get through anything, anything, because this book does say it will solve all your problems. So no matter what happens in my life, whether it's joy or pain or whatever, I am able, able with this program to tolerate my reality, not anybody else's, but mine. And even when it's painful, I see the gifts. And I just think that this is the only way out, as it was in the uh, paragraph before. In fact, um, the big book actually was going to be named The Way Out, but there were 12 other books that had that title. So that's when they decided to call it Alcoholics Anonymous. But for me, the steps, the traditions are the way out so that I don't annihilate anybody and I don't engulf myself in the dis-ease because that's my problem. My powerlessness over food, the hopelessness of the dash in my life's unmanageable is today being eliminated with God and working this program. And thank you, dear... And with that, I pass. God bless everybody. Thank you, Loretta H. from Raleigh. Um, I just want to let those of you who got on late know where we are. We are in the big book of AA on the first paragraph on page 18, an illness of this sort. And the next person to share is Christina. Good morning, everyone. Christina J., State of North Carolina, formerly from Washington, recovered by some grace today, and I hope to keep that grace all day. An illness of this sort. Oh, what a wonderful line to come to know that I have an illness and that I fought for years trying to figure out why I couldn't control something that was an illness like cancer. And no one knew I was fighting this horrific, horrific illness. I put on a a, a smiley face as the years went on. I put on bigger and bigger clothes, tried to hide, tried to act like everything was okay. I can tell you today I tear up inside and my heart clenches because that was such a fucking place of pain to live. Pardon my language for those, but I want to emphasize that it was painful. It's painful to live in that. We can walk around all we want, swollen and hurting and acting like it's all okay, but it used to hurt me to get in out of the cars. It used to hurt me to have to go and perform on stage in big, gigantic clothes and 150 degrees outside, you know, weather. I'm exaggerating, of course. But I have an illness. What a relief that I have an illness. This is an illness that I can't control. Uh, Annihilation. I can never say that word right. But I annihilated myself from people. I hid and acted like everything okay. When they wanted to go somewhere that I had to put on clothes for, you know, not that I walked around naked, but that I had to try to look half decent to go. I would hide in the bathroom for a half hour, 45 minutes, trying on this, that, and the other thing to try to go out and look normal and then put on a smiling face. And most of the time I would say, oh, I don't feel good. I'm not going. And what would happen then? The family had come in from out of town, thousands of miles away to go someplace like SeaWorld or wherever. And I'd say, I don't feel good. And I'd retreat to my room. And they don't understand. They didn't understand. I had um, 
people that did not know what was wrong with me. I mean, I got into the ice cream one time at my mother-in-law's. I ate the whole gallon, and they're like, well, you could have asked us, you know, for it was okay if you wanted to eat it, but you could have asked instead of taking it to the bedroom. You know, just all kinds of misunderstandings. As my disease got worse and worse, people just misunderstood me more and more and more. I couldn't be present. I couldn't love like I needed to love. I couldn't hear anyone else as pain and problems because I was in my own. You know, I acted like I could hear their pain and problems, and I was, you know, I had a good heart, but deep inside I was hurting badly and um to try to go out for 10 years and get on stages overweight and jump around and sing and be miserable and hope for some sort of agent to see me and then blame myself because I was fat and they wouldn't want to sign me I mean I can, I, you know you all have stories like this but it's an illness and no one was sorry for me because they didn't know and most people in our world don't feel sorry for fat people or overweight people. They just say, why can't you just stop? Why can't you just, uh, you know, go to a diet club, go to a therapist? They don't understand. I'm Christina. Okay. We got this book. We got an illness, and this book is the solution. There's nothing else. You can try other things, but I always ended up coming back here. Love you guys. I pass. Thank you, Christina J. from North Carolina. Anita is it Anita J? Thank you, Rebecca J. Uh, this is Anita J. I mean, Rebecca F. This is Anita J. Um, recovered compulsive overeater in uh, Massachusetts. You know, for years, I I tried very hard to identify out and not identify in. And so I would just focus on the blameless children, the warped lives of blameless children, because I started out in life as a blameless child. And I think this book was all about my mother. The wonderful, beautiful thing when you do this work, when you get past this and actually do the work, my mother and I have so much in common, and um, I never would have seen it. I would have gone to my grave, never knowing what she did for me. There were things she tried to do, but because of the state she was in, they didn't come off very well. So the thing is, we do know when we read the whole book, that yes, our behavior affected other people. And that's the other thing. I never thought, so what I ate all that? You know, why would that affect my children or my husband? It was the children. You know how it affected them? I mean, emotionally. No, I never hit them, although I did beat them. No, I didn't. That I was beaten once. But I never hit them because I was never hurt. The thing was, I was hit emotionally. I beat those kids up emotionally. Did I want to do that? Did my mother want to do that? No. That's why this this tells us, lays it out. Don't don't be afraid to see who you are. Lays out this is what you did, Anita. But there's a solution and you're going to keep going and you're going to do the work. 
And this is going to be a story of the past, but you're never going to forget it. Or you could be guilty of doing it again. Oh, no, please. You know, I have four wonderful grandchildren because I can see the beauty in them. Are they perfect? No. Are my children perfect? None of us are perfect. That's not the, that is not the uh, aim, is it? But we're all on this road together. I have to say trudging. I love to trudge with you people, you people, my people. Thank you very much, and I pass. Thank you very much, Anita J. from Massachusetts. Rivka, and then we'll take more names. Hi, um, this is Rivka R. from Baltimore, greatly, gratefully recovered. Um, thank you for all the shares. I, I relate it to everyone. Um, an illness of this sort, and we have come to believe it an illness. Looking at the difference between me and a normal eater, it's, it's really easy to see that I have an illness, which the dictionary defines as an unhealthy condition of the body and mind, and a disease, a lack of ease. <clears throat> I certainly couldn't relax until I ate the whole box or the bag or carton or whatever it is. I just couldn't rest. I couldn't relax. And discomfort, all the real physical pain from overstuffing my stomach, and impairment of normal functioning. Yes, it's it's not normal to to eat an entire box of ice creams on the 10-minute drive between grocery stores and then throw the evidence away so that nobody knows. And the next grocery store is uh, garbage cans. I look at my husband. He's, he's a normal eater. He'll take, like, one cookie and leave a bite of it on the table because he's not hungry. Like, I'll look at it and say, what's that? He says, my cookie. I'm like, well, why didn't you finish it? Because I'm not hungry. Like that doesn't even, like hunger never had anything to do with my eating. A, a normal eater has also normal responses to food. Like they eat, they get satisfied, they stop eating. When I eat, I just want more food. And the only way I know that I've had enough is when I'm in physical pain. That's my, you know, my gauge there. It, and just being comfortable, that's a signal that I need to eat more. I better eat more. They say it's it's healthiest to, to stop when your stomach's three quarters full. So, like, how in the world am I supposed to know to, to know when my stomach's three quarters full? Like, God didn't get, install an outside gauge on my body. <clears throat> Not that that would have stopped me, but without God restoring me to sanity on a daily basis, I only have one setting, which is too full. And with this illness, there is the annihilation of all the things worthwhile in life because. What I'm going to eat takes up all of my brain space. I mean, I, I care about my kids more than anything in the whole world, right? But I'm embarrassed to say that years ago when my kids was helping me bring groceries in from the car and he tripped and fell, and literally the first thing out of my mouth was, not, are you okay? The first thing out of my mouth was, is ice cream okay? <laughs> like, that's, that's pretty sick. So the, the miracle of being restored to sanity today is that I am satisfied with the food that I eat. Uh, I can care more about people than food today. I can live in God's reality today and not live in the food trance and I'm not good enough trance and there's not enough trance and you're to blame trance. And I do have a way of living that brings me freedom and the joy of connection with God and others and myself today. So thank you everyone for being there and being on this journey and I pass. Thanks, Rizka R. from Baltimore. Okay, 
um, let's see, where are we? If you haven't shared on a vision for you this past Friday or Monday and would like to share on the first paragraph on page 18, an illness of this sort through anyone can increase the list. Please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Darian K. I heard Darian and who else? Cariel M. Is it Phil M? Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. And um, Kelly, was it? Blanca BG. Blanca BG. I have room for two more. I have Darian K, Phil M, Kelly, I think. Donna K. BG, Donna K. And one more. Susan S.H. Yeah. Okay. Larry L. I think we're. Uh, who L? Terry. 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 If the if people don't use up all their time, I'll put you in last. Oh. Terry. Okay. okay. Go. Go right ahead. Oh, good morning, Rebecca. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, good morning, Darian. Good, good morning. Um, this is Darian Kay from the Berkshires in Massachusetts, a recovered oh, compulsive overeater. And, you know, I'd much rather share on the paragraphs about the joy of this program and the peace and the harmony and bringing people together and working with others and not, not so much on how our disease affects the people around us and the broken broken pieces uh, that we leave behind as a result of our, you know, our program and our disease, I should say. And, um, you know, I'm just, I, I, you know, have to fess up to that, just like all of us do. Um, and it's tricky, very, very tricky because, um, you know, I want to, I want to think that it's my disease and my recovery and my program. And, you know, it, it although, you know, it is um, in, in ways, um, it affects us. Um, and it affects the lives of others. Um, a ripple effect, if you will. Um, you know, and I and I notice that. I mean, I notice that sometimes more that I've been in program a really long time, you know, um, because, you know, the food is almost second nature for the most part. And so I'm, you know, I'm not like, ooh, hanging on to my abstinence. You know, it's it's neutral. It's good. It's what I need. So it's really the rest of life. Um, that I have to look at on a daily basis. And, you know, I'm not on a mountaintop or on an island somewhere <laughs> by myself, you know, where I only have to take care of myself. I have people in my life, thank you, God, um, that um, I need to relate to. And um, that's the tricky part. And that's why I stick around in this program. It's all about relationships with my higher power, with myself and with others. Um, and so, you know, for today, I'm learning, I'm growing, and I'm so glad that there's, you know, so many of us um, that can relate to this, um, this information because, um, you know, if I didn't have the connection that I do with this program, I would think that I was alone and a crazy and, um, you know, just hopeless. <laughs> and I don't believe that today. I know that I have a solution. Um, a day at a time, and that I can talk to others and um, 
and, you know, be relieved a day at a time of the selfishness, self-centeredness, um, of the, 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 just all of those things that this disease gladly walks next to, you know. So um, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to be here with all of you. And thank you so much for being out there. I pass. Thank you, Darian K. from the Berkshires, Massachusetts. Phil M. Hello, Rebecca. Thank you very much. Oh, sorry about the noise. There we go. Apologies. Um, yeah, I'm Phil M., gratefully recovered compulsive overeater from Craig Ferguson, Northern Ireland. Lots of sun shining today. Um, this really spoke to me this morning about the disease of, you know, comparing it to cancer. And six years ago, I got a I got a diagnosis of cancer, and um, it was at stage one. And I was terrified. I didn't want to take the treatment. I'm getting somewhere with this. I am really. Um, and I I left off so long that it became stage four. Now statistics would say I probably shouldn't be here. I had a five percent chance of surviving this long. The treatment wasn't nice. I was anxious that. Uh, it would give me life, but I would be alive, but not wanting to be alive. Actually, it's given me my life back and beyond. But this disease, in my experience, is worse than cancer. I know other people have terrible experiences with it. But for me, um, I had six months of treatment and it felt like six years. Um, I had good friends. My family were really good and supportive. Um, but, but what, uh, you know, the, the, the disease of, you know, overeating. Um, was it did take my life from me. I did not want to be alive. And it went on for years and years and decades. And um, I was frightened to take the treatment in a way to, to do the program. And I did hurt my children who I loved dearly, you know, absolutely loved dearly. And I have a little daughter who has bulimia now. And it's very hard to see her in her pain and to see her uh, in chaos. And I'm working at, at having the same tolerance, pity, patience. She was very tolerant and, and very patient with me through my treatment and through my disease, bless her. So it's payback time. She's 33. I didn't come into the room till I was 52. How can I expect her to get wisdom, you know, before her time? She has her higher power. She has her path. She may get to a 12-step program. She might find a solution some other way. She might never find a solution. But what we have is today. And um, I'm appreciating it, and I'm appreciating the recovery that helps me not to open my mouth and say things that could be hurtful. It's a slow process, and I have to be so patient with myself as well, too, you know, um, because I'm human. I get tired, and, and I say the wrong thing. But with this program, I try to make amends as quickly as possible. Not perfect by any means, very, very far from it, but I have a way. Uh, to live with others and I'm so grateful for it and thank you all for being here and being part of this recovery it's 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 really stunning my life was not worth living it is now thank you Phil M before you mute I didn't catch what you said about where you're from could you repeat where oh you're from? sorry yes a little town called Carrick Fergus near Belfast in Northern Ireland gotcha thank you Phil M from Northern Ireland Kelly, you're next. Was there a Kelly or someone whose name maybe began with K? 
Okay. Blanca BG, then. Your turn. I'm sorry. Can Blanca. I be heard? Now we hear you, Blanca. Oh, sorry about that. Um, this is Blanca BG from Central Florida. Thank you for your service and everyone who's on the line. Lifesavers. <laughs> I call them. Um, you know, it's so true. Um, with what someone previously said this morning that in my isolation of being an addict, uh, I thought that. Uh, you know, no one knew I wasn't hurting anybody. But of course, I'm, you know, hurt everyone because everyone knew. And looking back on it now, I I not only, uh, you know, destroyed my dreams, but I I destroyed the dreams uh, that others had for me. That's what's so, so heartbreaking and so hard for me was so hard for me to live with. Um, they People had dreams for me, you know. <clears throat> my mom and my brothers and sisters and my teachers. and But, of course, in the, the addiction and its isolation, uh, we don't realize that. We realize, oh, no, I'll just hide away here and no one will know. But I fell short. It, it robbed me of my courage to to face life and not not just the bad things but the good things it also robbed me of the ability to face and to take advantage of things good in my life because as an addict I was <clears throat> so full of uh, I had no self-esteem and full of shame and all of those those cruel and damaging elements that feed into addiction um, you know I look back now and I had a I'm I had a band when I was very young with my brother and you know when the addiction started and I started gaining so much weight and didn't want to get in front of people anymore well that was wasn't just my dream I destroyed it was his too and that's been hard you know that's one of the things that being in this program what I've uh, what this program has helped me live with because it's hard to live with so many things and and all of these things that hurtful things that I caused other in other people's lives. That's been tough. It's been challenged to get through all of that. But through the grace of the program, I'm still alive and, and getting better and accepting. Accept acceptance is very important. So um in lieu of that I um I will pass. Thank you very much. Thank you, Blanca Vici from Central Florida. Donna K. Are you there, Donna K? Hi, it's Donna K. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Um, all right, thanks. Good morning. Thank you for your service. Um, I am recovered in Ohio, and um, the illness part of of my disease, you know, just accepting um, that it's an illness was 
I was the last one, you know, to get that part of, um, I don't know, my what I needed to accept in the program uh, was that I, I was not going to have the answer to this. And um, I remember many times when I, you know, I'd be working my way to work in the morning, right? I'd have more than one stop along the way. And, you know, my breakfast would sit in a white bag on the passenger seat. And, um, and the day was off, you know, that was my start. Um, the, 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 the effects on family members, relationships, um, everything was affected. It was affected. Uh, I'm very grateful for recovery. Um, there's a lot of joy in my life. Uh, I had to fall down many times and, and start over. But I had to really just give up. <laughs> I, I had to stop fighting, you know, or thinking that I had one more thing to try, uh, one more way to do this. Um, very grateful for the program, grateful for the spirituality uh, in my recovery um, and the service to others. Sponsoring has just been a joy. Um, it's been pretty easy since I've been able to work with others and keep the food down and work the program every day and use all the tools available. Um, I'm just very grateful. And uh, anyway, I will leave it at that. The details that they went to on the description is so true. It's a long list of uh, people and situations that have been impacted in my life from this disease. And uh, it feels really good to not be impacting those same groups of people that I love and are in my life and my circumstances to be so different from the way they were. So. Um, the promises are there. I'm very, uh, I'm very aware of that. And uh, yeah, thank you for your service. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Donna K from Ohio. Susan S H. Was I called Susan S H? Yes. Go ahead, Susan. Okay. This is Susan S H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio, and very grateful. This paragraph resurfaces, and what it brings up to me is that these things come up as life brings up issues that, yeah, that I needed to look at. This is, for me, what the benefit of continued study and review, paragraph by paragraph, how it's helpful to me. It helps me to continue to clarify my journey. More is revealed um, in my higher powers, loving time, and and yeah, that is how how I continue to learn, continue to I believe grow closer to a higher power. That more will be revealed, and it is. But I have to be awake and alive. Looking for it, <laughs> looking at the lives affected by my disease, my selfish behavior was that I chose absence in my disease. I chose absence from the people I was afraid of, which was just about everyone, and even from the people who loved me the most. That was how I isolated 
and and it was hurtful to my family. I've I've touched on it, <laughs> and I've yeah, it's just becoming a little more clear. And I'm grateful that this journey is always new. As long as I'm working it, there are new things <clears throat> to take in and to take to God. And uh, for that, I'm very grateful. Uh, I'm grateful for the, for the meeting and the continued slow paragraph-by-paragraph paragraph Bible, Bible big book study that is so much to me. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you, Susan S.H. from Ohio. Terry L., you have a full three minutes. So glad you got your name in there. Terry L., are you still available? Perhaps not. Would anyone else like those last three minutes? to share on an illness of this sort on page 18 at the top. Now you'd have two minutes. Um, this is Elizabeth D. I'll share. Thank you, Elizabeth D. Go ahead. Uh, my name is Elizabeth D. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in the Boston area. Um, yeah, the damage this disease did to my family um, and to myself is very real and very present in my mind today as I read this material and I hear the um, profound shares. Um, it was so easy for me to say, oh, I'm not that bad for years and years. But the fact is things got worse and worse as I kept relapsing and each relapse got worse than the last one. They never get better. And um, the way in which I damaged my work relationships and, and compromised uh, my professional um, uh, growth, the way that I, I think created in my daughter a kind of anxiety that um, I think my compulsive overeating has contributed to you know, all of this, I do not regret the past, nor wish to shut the door on it. I want to remember the damage that this disease has done for me. And that is why um, I try um, every day to make this recovery uh, through the big book of AA my number one priority. I do not succeed every day, but I do my best. But it starts for me with entire abstinence and, um, and service. And I'm very grateful that this meeting exists. Um, I'm not sure I'd be alive without it. And um, for that, I'm grateful, and I will pass. Thank you, Elizabeth D. from the Boston area. Thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, Tuesday, July 26, 2022, 7 a.m. Eastern Time is 19,222, that's 19222. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. 
We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Dana M. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Hello, can I be heard? This is Dana M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Yes, Dana. Thank you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.